Well, there we go. Bag stowed in the overhead compartment, seatbelts on, tray in the upright position, cruising at a steady altitude. London, here we come. <laughs> right, um, do I understand from your tiny whimpering noise that you're still scared of flying? Honey, we've been over this a million times. This is an incredibly sophisticated piece of machinery. Every aspect has been checked and rechecked before putting it in the air. The chances of something going wrong are, mathematically speaking, so small, they're not even worth worrying about. We had more chance of crashing on the bus on the way to the airport. You can't live your life like this. This is your captain speaking. As you may have noticed, both wings have fallen off the aircraft simultaneously. USA Airlines regrets to inform passengers that there are no official procedures in place for this sort of catastrophic event, although experience would lean towards the running around and screaming end of things. On behalf of myself and my crew, please accept our apologies for this sudden and violent end to your lives. Ah, we're all going to die! Hold me, Paul! Paint me like one of your French girls! Let's trip the like fantastic one more time! Geronimo! I knew it. I knew something like this would happen. This is so typical of you. What? It's not my fault the plane's crashing, is it? Just because I said everything's going to be all right doesn't mean I made it happen. That makes no sense. You tempted fate. You were too smart all the time. With your, you've got more chance of being killed by a donkey than on air travel, Laura. I just wanted to punch you. Uh, this is your captain speaking again, just to let passengers know that a donkey has suddenly parachuted in through the windscreen and he doesn't seem happy. It's really kicking off in here, actually. He's just buckarooed my co-pilot, Paul, out of the window and... You're loving this, aren't you? I bet this is the best day of your life, isn't it? Oh, look, Laura's right about everything. You just don't want me to be happy. I'm a strong, independent woman with my own thoughts and ideas about how scary every single aspect of everyday life is, and you never listen to me. Not for a second. Adric was right about you. I keep telling you that wasn't Adric. That was a small teenage girl dressed as Adric. Adric said you'd say that. He understands me. He knows me better than you ever will. Seriously, Adric was the tubby, grey-haired guy on stage. And even if it was the real Adric, you'd hardly go to him for advice on how not to crash into the earth, would you? I hate you! We're going to die! There's no way out! Unless... The, the suitcase. suitcase! Right, everyone. Everyone, stop screaming and follow us to the luggage hold. We've got a plan. Could I get a Diet Coke before we go? Of course, sir. Here you are. Why do I only get such a tiny glass? Can you give me the whole can? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's against company regulations. It's insane. You gave me a glass whenever I asked for one, so why not just give me the can and I won't keep disturbing you? Look, you two, there's no time for this kind of discussion in such a pressing emergency situation, although I will allow that it's a clever and appropriate satirical point. Another good point. To the hold, everyone! This way! Down here! Through that! Across this! Slide along then! Are you thirsty? Shut up! We're here! There's our suitcase! Quick! Open it! Everyone inside! What? Get inside! It's dimensionally transcendental. Bigger on the inside. We established it in an earlier episode. www.theoodcast.com Series 3, Episode 10B. Other podcasts are available. Okay, well, if you're sure... You know what today is? Uh, the day we finally admit that we hate Doctor Who and start doing a Merlin podcast? No. It's the day that Loz and Sigma get back from LA. 
Right, uh, yeah, I knew that. That Merlin thing was a joke. <laughs> totally. Are we going to have to pretend to be interested in all the amazing stuff they did? Because I'm not sure I'm going to be able to handle that. Wait a minute. What's that appearing on the sofa? It looks like... No. It can't be. A, a suitcase. Hi, guys. We're back. Did you miss us? What? Sorry, why are you coming out of a suitcase? And why are there several hundred people with you? Oh, we had a bit of a problem with the plane, so we used our TARDIS suitcase. Why did we not tell you about that? So, let me get this straight. You left us here in London on our own for two weeks. While you went swanning around LA and all that time, you could have easily come and picked us up in your incredibly advanced and spacious time travel machine. That's about the size of it, yes. We, we just didn't really think about it. We, we, we were too busy having fun. Also, uh, someone spilt Coke over the console, so it doesn't really work anymore. Oh, that was me. Sorry. That's it. I'm going to kill you. I mean it this time. I've had enough. I have snapped. Come here. I'll... Ooh, flying donkey. You don't see that every day. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Oodcast, episode 11, and we are freshly arrived back from Gallifrey. Hooray! Welcome back. How y'all doing? Sorry, my American accent is really pants. Actually got a bit better while you were out there. You think? You were mimicking them, though. It was good. Yes, but I was doing that just in normal conversation, which was potentially a bit embarrassing. So is that good uh, as in the opposite of what happens when Americans tend to imitate English accents when they're over here, when it becomes kind of offensive? Yes. Hello, okay. I'm from the UK. Ooh. And Would you like a nice cup of tea? Actually, I'm kind of offended by they your accent. They don't say the UK, they say England. I'm from England. and I'm a cockney sparrow. Listen to us slacking off the Americans. Well, yeah, suffice <laughs> yeah. to say that our American accents are as bad as their British accents, and we'll leave it there. But totally. we had a great time. It was amazing. Yeah. And people really seem to appreciate the show, so I guess uh, we had people coming up to us and saying how much they enjoyed it. Uh, little stories about particular episodes and songs that they really liked, ways that the shows touch people's lives. Yeah. <laughs> that totally makes my heart warm because you know what? I turn up here once every couple of weeks and have a load of fun and do some editing and it's brilliant. You know, it's like something I do in my spare time and people like listen to it and really like it and I can't get my head around that properly. Can I just give a special shout out to anybody who might be walking in the woods with their kids whilst listening to this. We're with you, man. We're with you. So, I mean, we had such an amazing time and mm. we felt so welcomed and part of like a big family. And I, it was, I had such big expectations for the weekend and it surpassed them. So yeah. And when Gareth Roberts and Tony Lee both go, oh yeah, the Oodcast, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yikes. What? <laughs> what the what? 
The yeah. watching hell? Gareth Roberts recognised Laura's voice no from just way. asking a question to him. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's scary. Well, anyway, look, enough about all this rubbish we're banging on about. What about you guys? Oh, we had a brilliant time. I, 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 to brilliant. be honest, I forgot you were even away. Yeah. It was just an amazing... Can I just say that the moth... It's a brilliant cook, isn't he? He's amazing. Yeah, the stories you had to tell as I well. I know. I mean that, it, and when Matt Smith brought in dessert, yeah, that was just but one. It, heck the of worst a night. thing about it is that we can't tell you anything that we know about series six. But you know, that's just your you loss, isn't it? Ask all you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our uh, lips are sealed. Right. So, come on. What did you really do? Ah, good afternoon. Nice of you to join me. It's only half past nine, Andy. There was no need to stand outside my bedroom door banging on that damn saucepan to wake me up. It's a beautiful day, Chris. I thought you'd want to walk to the paper shop with me, that's all. Well, I'll go later. Let the queue of unbearably cheery men buy their daily mails and pints of milk and skip home first. This tea... It is a teapot. Just a yes would do. There's no need for you to go to the paper shop later anyway. I got your beano. Oh, fantastic. Did it come with a toy? No. Here you go. It's one of those giant chewy refresher bars. Oh, great. The last time I had one of those, it loosened more teeth than I remembered having. News isn't much fun this week. No. Weather in LA looks like it's good, though. Oh, good. How do you think they're getting on? Well, Dennis has just squirted Walter with the garden hose and Nash has just bit the seat off Dad's trousers. I meant Sigma and Loz. I couldn't care less. Look, can we talk about something else? Interesting taste, this butter. Bit chalky. Where did you get it? Boots. Boots? That's the cream for my athlete's foot. What? I mean, who leaves that on the breakfast table, for goodness sake? I'll put it back in the bathroom. Good idea. <sighs> He's right, you know. It is a lovely day out there. You can see right into John Leeson's garden from this window too. And Katie Manning's. What a neighbourhood. Uh-huh. Andy? Andy! What do you want? Oh! You're there. <clears throat> what are you shouting at me for? She's, she's at it again. Who? Katie Manning. She's at what again? Hanging her washing out on the line, I know how much you enjoy gazing at her knickers flapping in the breeze. I do not! Oh, you do. Only last week it was I caught you staring at her. I was bird-watching, I told you. I'm not interested in what you call it. What you do in your own time is for you and you alone. I was just letting you know what's going on outside, that's all. Well, would you shut the window? My tea's getting cold. Fine. It was getting a bit nippy out there anyway. And I ought to go and have a shower, really. Save some of that tea for me, would you? Sure. Right. Well, as he's having a shower, I'll just get a breath of fresh air, I think. Ah, what a neighbourhood. Caught you! Ah! Right, so we've got something kind of exciting now because, I mean... We did get a little bit jealous, I suppose. Yeah, in we between did. all the 
visits to Leicester Square and well, eating yeah. at Stephen Moffat's house. And getting your knighthood, that was cool. Yeah. Um, well, what we thought was, we really, really, really want to go to a convention now. So we've decided to organise one. Well, I mean, we've just, really? we've just come back from one. Oh. Yeah. Well, you guys must be so in the in the zone now. Yeah, sort of. And uh, come on, it's never going to be the same without us. And jet lagged. And yours will probably be better. Hang on, yeah, jet, you get jet lag from a TARDIS. Well, we did most of the flight. The only mm. trouble we've got, though, is that the Oud attic is a bit small and um, we need someone to hold it. I can't think but, of anywhere. We have got some great guests as yeah. well. We do need a, a site that, you know, will We've got some really of the monsters. Well, some, something with prestige and sort of cachet well, and other words. Well, the suitcase TARDIS doesn't move anymore because oh. we spilt coke over it, but... I did. I was wandering around in there, and there is actually a fully functioning convention centre, so we could use that. Okay, has it got a sound system? Yeah, yeah, it's got a really uh, seats. Yeah, but it seats about. We we said fully functioning, fully functioning. That's the key. So that that means it's got toilets and everything, Andy. You will be fine. Um, Well, we did. I mean, we had an amazing lineup, and now we've got just uh, we've got a great one, not an amazing one, because Matthew Waterhouse. We we did book Matthew Waterhouse. Oh. It would have been brilliant, but he decided to go to to Galley instead when a slot opened up because the kid who won the Blue Peter competition to design the absorber loff had to pull out of Galley. Oh, I really so, wanted to see you know, that he guy went, as well. So I had to get someone else in at short notice. So you know, they are good. It will be fun, but I don't know. It's Ooh, not. I can't wait just... to see who you actually got, actually, Alf. Well, you'll just have to wait and yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited! We've got exclusives and everything. This should be amazing. Hello, is this on? Hello, everyone. Wow, there's a lot of people in here. This is an amazing suitcase. Um, uh, welcome to Oodstock. Um, we've we've got some interesting and amazing guests for you coming up the, throughout the day. But um, I think we're going to start with one of the most exciting things that I have ever come across. Afternoon, everyone. I hope you've all had a lovely lunch. I don't think I've ever been to a more efficient McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> anyway, we'll crack straight on with our first session of a packed afternoon. This is one of the most eagerly anticipated events of the weekend, and no wonder. This will be our guest's first convention appearance, so please treat him nicely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oods and oodettes, please welcome your interviewer for the occasion, Laura Simpson. And let's let's bring him on with no more ado. Please welcome, for his first convention appearance, Major Clanger. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> welcome to Oodstock, Major. Thank you for such a kind welcome. You all seem... Well, um, the literal translation is adequate. It's a particular thrill for me to meet you. The Sea Devils is one of the stories I used to watch over and over again when I was a child, and I'm a big fan of yours. Why, thank you. This is a relatively comfy chair. Can you maybe talk us through what it was like on the set of that story? We were not allowed on the set. John Pertwee 
uh, had a phobia of small knitted characters. We filmed our scenes on a specially constructed set just outside of Kidderminster. Were you disappointed with that? Of course. I wanted to get Roger Delgado's autograph. Ah, and we all wanted to get our pictures with the TARDIS. All we've got instead is a few photos of us standing in a red telephone box. Just like every other tourist. Disappointing, I'm sure. So how did they decide which clangers to cast for the scene? Your own show, The Clangers, had a stellar cast, which must have made it difficult to make that choice. Well, I was an extra in our series, so the BBC kindly decided to give some of us a chance in the lead, while the main cast were on strike. Ah, oh, holding out for a better contract. Oh, really? It always looked like such a happy group whenever I saw the show. We had our share of... Uh, Ladies of the night. Oh, oh, okay, sorry, uh, divas. We had our fair share of divas in the cast. The soup dragon wouldn't get out of bed for less than 12 musical notes and a can of Heinz cream of tomato. Fascinating. So, the casting process, what was that like? It was fudging ghastly. I had to do a silly little um, trucking dance for Barry Letts. Look, did you, sorry, do you really need to use so many bad words? I mean, I'm, I'm a translator, not an improviser. All right, all right. Keep your disturbingly small tunic on. Carry on. That's fascinating. Did you go for a specific part? Yes, I auditioned for the part of Joe Grant. Really? I'm a serious artiste. Do you really think I'd do something like that? You... Look, I'm not saying that. I know it was a stupid question, but I'm not calling her that. Uh, So, did you get the part of Joe? Yeah, I agree. What did he say? No, but you probably don't want to know. Perhaps you ought to ask a different question. All right. Was the Iron Chicken in the Clangers based on the Cybermen? What did he say? Let's just say that a bit of it rhymes with, um, plucking hat. Right. Well, Major Clanger, thank you very much. Wow, I can't believe how well this is going. Well done, guys. I can't believe you put all this together at such short notice. Glad you're liking it. And we're in the green room of a a real Doctor Who convention. I feel like a celebrity. Yeah, it was at Gallifrey. We're seeing all these VIPs going in and out of the sort of backstage area. And and now we've got our own one. I know. This sofa's Live hookers going in. (laughs) Yeah, Peter Davison's got an appetite. Right, so anyway, whilst uh, everyone else is uh, attending the Redesign the Zygon workshop, me and Alf really want to know what happened at Galley. Yes, come on, oh, spill, spill the asked. beans, come on. Well, uh, I mean, obviously you've heard the the four Gallifrey podcasts that we did, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Of course. <laughs> 
Well, I know it was really good. I mean, I think Laura was surprised how interesting you found it all. You really kind of got into all that backstage stuff, didn't you? Yeah, I really loved uh, the interviews with Paul Casey and the talks with the guys who designed the props and costumes. But the writers' things were also incredibly interesting. They did a whole load of, like, if you like, live commentary sessions on the episode. So you had the director, the character actors, the writers, and the producers all sort of sitting... No, well, they're not the producer, but they, sometimes the producers, they had Tracy Simpson there, um, deconstructing mm. each episode and talking about all the stuff that had gone wrong prior to the shoot and everything wow. you know oh it was well, actually, amazing yes, the episode was showing yes yes oh, that would annoy me intensely laura's never heard a dvd <laughs> commentary so it was just sort of amazing for her there's Man, people crossing over there. the things it yeah. was well cool you would have loved it and i really do think we all need to go together time, one year mm-hmm. i mean it was incredible to to be there with so many other and the the tone of fandom in America seems different. It was a, they were m- much younger. I mean, the, the, I mean, there was a, a range actually, so it was much more diverse. Much younger, much ladier. Yeah, lots that more is girls. Curious. That is curious because in the UK it's much more traditionally the preserve of sort of old men is the word you're looking to 50s for. Fifties men. I think. Okay, that's all you've got to do is look at the classic series actors mingers. Look at the modern series actors. That's very unfair. Yeah, but I, th- I think that's wrong because a lot of the teenagers, uh, I think Chip said this on the two minute time lord. Actually, they're all they're dressed as Sarah Jane and they're dressed as the Third Doctor. They get pulled in by the honey trap of hotness. Well, perhaps, but and what I'm saying they is they explore back they, through yeah, the new guard of don't they? That's what I'm drama. saying. That's great. They they do love the whole thing. Which is brilliant. No, come on, ask us. Ask us anything you like about Gally. Go on, ask us. What was the food like? It was amazing. All the food was incredible. It was massive portions, just the most incredible. And I understand everything you had was pancakes. salty. Yeah, I had the best hot cakes in all of LA. The best thing about the meals that we had at Gally was definitely the company. Yeah, we did meet oh. all the other podcasters. Oh, well, not all the other... Well, most, actually, of so the other podcasts. So what do they look like? Yeah, I was going to ask, what are they like? Well, they're, they're a nice bunch. Most of them have two eyes and a nose. And some of them also have mouths, which is useful Foreheads? seeing what they do. All of them have foreheads. Yeah. Uh, I, when I try and Most of them just have one everyone. head. <laughs> hey! <laughs> uh, oh. There were loads of people there, and they almost, to a man or woman, they were brilliant. Really friendly, really nice. Well, I say almost. In fact, everyone we met was really great out there. And yeah. you saw the Hollywood sign as well, didn't you? You took photos of the Hollywood sign? We did. We tried to... We was tr- there ever a bit, where you, an angle where you could just get it to say Ood? Ood, yes. We tried to well, um, hide just... it with Laura's grinning face. <laughs> uh, but we're not sure how well they came out. Um, yeah, so the costumes were a huge thing. Really huge. People really seemed to uh, get into the idea of dressing up. Which was amazing. And uh, some of the most inventive costumes were where I think girls had taken the essence of a doctor's costume and then translated it into an interesting female yes, version. Yes, I saw some of those photos and they were really, really good. The, um, there was one, I think, of Matt Smith's costume with the bow tie, but it became a dress. Kind of a bustly kind of... Laura? Yeah, just beautiful. Um, and lots of beautiful TARDIS dresses as well. I think the only thing that I would take umbrage at was uh, what they called the ladies. It would, it would be like Femi 8 or Femi 9, which to me sounds a little bit like a sort of 
feminine hygiene product. Is that like canine, but it's a woman? Femten. Yeah, yeah, that that just sounds like something in the on the bottom shelf of the uh, detergent aisle. What was your favourite memory? What's the the thing that you took away with you as being the best moment ever, Chris Sigma? I think for me it was meeting other podcasters and also listeners genuinely because yeah people were so nice and and just seemed genuinely pleased to see us and very complimentary and just to have to go that far away uh you know it's over five thousand miles and to meet people who were basically already your friends as soon as you walked in the door was breathtakingly brilliant my favorite bit of the conference was actually um well, I really, really enjoyed being on the panel and there was a lovely, lovely moment where we were all going along the panel and being introduced and they said, it's Laura from the Udcast and everybody went, yay! And I went, ah! Because <laughs> I was just so excited and then everybody, it was brilliant. I've watched all of that panel and I do have a question about this because your panel was great. I really enjoyed it. All Everyone on that gave fantastic viewpoints everyone came from different viewpoints chris did you do a panel i did yes. <laughs> because there's no evidence of this anyway. no no well no one was at it because peter davison but, was yeah. being interviewed on stage how did it go what did you have to talk are you on the fans behaving badly thing weren't you well yeah i just kind of tried to bring our point of view that the show is something that's a gift and we should be thankful for it and even if some aspects of the show we don't like that doesn't mean that we should stop throwing mud at the creators because mm. or poo what they've done it or poo yeah oh, because what they've done is they reinvigorated and brought back this incredible show and it's Absolutely, now yeah. the centerpiece of british culture mm. almost certainly in the television world it is um so yeah so i was just arguing our point of view that to be a fan the the one thing that you need if you're a fan is you've got to love the show you i mean that is the one thing that you have to have if you want to call yourself a fan so that's what I was trying to say. But Did you I'm say afraid we Well, yeah. I mean there's a lot of a lot of things going on with fandom, I think, and I think the killing Yanto thing is still raging for a lot of people and so that was what most of the panel was about. No, it wasn't strictly about <laughs> that. It was just it was mainly about how people behave when they don't think anybody knows who they are. And the anonymity of the internet. Yes. Uh, and how it leads to bad behaviour in many instances. But uh, my other big plus was there was a they were launching a book called Weedonistas oh, about yeah. the uh, it was by the people who did Chicks Dig Time Lord so a lot of the same writers but it was it's focused on all the works all the different worlds of Joss Whedon and so I had an amazing hour where I got to sit in a room with people and talk about Doctor Who. And Buffy, which was just brilliant. <laughs> and Firefly. And Firefly, oh, yeah. Life doesn't get much better for no, you, does it? No, it doesn't. And also, I really loved the music of Doctor Who panel. Mm, mm, yeah, that was really cool as well. It was particularly handy for me because um, they mentioned that there's a site somewhere which actually takes to bits all of the different versions of the theme so you know when stuff comes in and when it is not in. And that would be very useful for me if I decide to do like a retro that version. So, yeah, really great. So you must promise to come in a, in a few years. Yeah. All right. Yes. Oh, yes. I suppose we should get back to our convention then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've we've got our big kind of centrepiece guest coming up just to finish the day off on a big bang. Oh, I can't so, wait. Uh, is mate, it a surprise? It's, it's a I big surprise. I, even I don't know who it is. It's the Merker, isn't it? What? 
Come on, it's the Merca. I mean, it's got to be, uh, hasn't it? Yeah, it's the Merca. Just, just go into the conference hall and see. Oh, you work for two weeks to put something together. Over the years, there have been many monsters that have shocked and terrified generations of children watching the television. But few have lived as long in the memory as the one we have with us today. The Merca. Good evening. <clears throat> and with you, of course, is the man who befriended and trained you for your appearance all those years ago, Mr Colin Splash. Hello. Nice to be here. Now, Colin, let's start with you. Was he easy to train? Oh, relatively easy, yes. I, I mean, he, there was plenty of groundwork involved, obviously. Uh, how, how do you mean, groundwork? Well, you know, basic communication. The Merca's brain is proportionally incredibly small, with thought processes and cerebral functions limited, which essentially means he is rather stupid. You, you know I'm sitting right here, right? So we began with basic communication techniques, hand signalling, essential grunting, things like that. I resent that. You just use short-sightedly airborne methods compared to our more civilised, graceful ones, that's all. I won debating prizes at school. I was an erudite scholar. You talk to each other through different chemicals released in your urine. I don't call that particularly erudite. I did buy you a new rug to replace the one I ruined when I first got here. Actually, Merka, I was just going to ask, how did you find having to adapt to living on dry land? Oh, well, it took a fair bit of getting used to, you know. I spent a lot of time in the bath during the first few months. Oh, he's not kidding either. If you think he's frightening now, just take a minute to imagine him all wrinkly, having been in the bath for days on end. I'm reptilian. My skin does not go wrinkly. This is the kind of half-baked nonsense I've had to endure for the last 30 years, you understand? Drives me to distraction. What are you talking about? You couldn't even understand me for the first two years. You did appear to be very good at urinal speech after you'd been to the pub. Once! And do you still have any wet friends now? Do you mean incontinent? Well, there's Colin, I suppose. No, no, I I meant any friends from your underwater life. Oh, I see. Well... You did try and stay in touch with your old shoal for a while, didn't you? It's a menace, Colin. A menace of Merca. A shoal is fish. I did used to write letters and that sort of thing, but it seemed a bit pointless, really. They only got wet the moment they opened them. I take it then that Merker isn't your full name? No, no, that would be daft. Underwater, my full name is Dirk. Dirk the Merker. It's a family thing. I don't expect you to understand. When I was netted in 1980, I decided not to correct anyone when they called me Merker. It didn't seem polite to correct the few people who didn't run away from me screaming. So, when did you two first meet? Well, I'd answered a personal ad in the local newspaper, which read, uh, Tall, scaly and palm tree-ish green turkey seeks friends for good times, laughs and the occasional telework. Must have own car, large trailer and fishing licence. Not really, no. I, I literally bumped into him on a diving expedition in 1980. He was skulking near a shipwreck, if I remember rightly. Right, well, um, was he hostile? He wasn't that friendly when I first encountered him, if that's what you mean. He did soon calm down, though. Yes, thanks to Dr Tranquilizer Dart. Oh, let's not go over this all again. I've told you, we feared for our lives. What do you think I was going to do? We on you? At the time, we had no idea that could mean, hello, my name is Merka. Uh, shall we talk about Warriors of the Deep? If we must. 
Were you happy with the show? I wasn't really. They didn't capture my best side and they changed the shooting schedule at the last moment, meaning that I didn't have time to get through makeup properly. I suppose that accounts for your shiny appearance on screen. Precisely. You would say that. And what's that supposed to mean? You know very well what it means. You completely hammed it up that day. I've seen more threat coming from a dead salmon. You didn't complain when the checks started coming in. Or when we were on Saturday Superstore. Are you saying that I only trained you for the money? Of course I am. Why else would you have bothered? It's not as if I'd make a good pet. If I wanted to make money off you, I'd have sold you to a zoo. Why didn't you then? Would have been more comfortable than your spare room. Why didn't I? Because you're made of painted cardboard. What? See? How are you going to wheel my rug now, eh? I think we ought to finish it there. Merka, Colin, thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we really hope you enjoy the stock. Yes, thanks everyone for coming out. Thank you for coming down to the suitcase and uh, turning this convention into a huge success. Thank you, suitcase! Um, can I please ask when you leave the suitcase, can you not please wake up my parents because they're sleeping? My mum was trying to sew some bunting and her sewing machine exploded! Yeah! Yeah, we need to get some screwdriver down to her so she can mend it. So. So we've so got to say thank you to everyone who came, to all of our great guests. Thanks, thanks so much, much for coming. For coming. Uh, we, we really, really appreciate, appreciate the way that you're supporting these small conventions. conventions. Uh, thank, thank you to you. Uh, thank you to all the costumers. Thank you to all the cosplayers. Andy is, uh, as you can see, in his lovely Perry from... Planet of Fire. Planet of Fire. Yeah. Penny Perry. Well, you just... What? Is it cold in here? What? Stop it. <laughs> we did we try and tell you that the costume ball was the galley thing, thing but, but never, never mind. mind. You, you look, look um, what? cold. We can, can see you changing, changing your mind, mind Andy. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> anyway, it can't be a proper Ucast occasion without some music from our lovely, talented, wonderful star, Laura. So take it away, Laura. Yay! I will. I couldn't if I tried But honey, it's well past midnight Another listener subscribed I won't go breaking your mic Oh, you'd better not touch a thing Oh honey, when I knock on your door Oh, shut up, I'm recording Everyone knows it Website goes down I start to frown Everyone knows it With every podcast You hope it's my last And nobody told me 
is at 40 Won't you give it a rest now, baby? Oh, I'm addicted, I can't shake it So if I edit all evening I'll make my best podcast yet I hear one more freaking Dalek effect Exterminate I will torch your box set I only want to be loved It's my last Everyone knows it He's so obsessed It's like I'm possessed Writing again, eh? Hmm? What is it this time? A sweeping historical? A romantic blockbuster? Ah, no. It's an emotional roller coaster, a la the King's Speech. Very impressive. What's it about? Doctor in distress. Right. And um, where's the drama in that? Well, you know, it's about one man's struggle to get a group of celebrities the public have actually heard of to make a record. Were there any? Well, there was the chap from Ultravox. Oh, Midjure. No, the drummer. And Hmm. one of the men from Bucks Fizz. Did they have names? Not sure. I don't think the story will work anyway. I've started on something else. About a detective and his doctor friend who solve notoriously difficult crimes in a modern-day version of Victorian London with unnerving levels of logic, skill and excitement. That sounds good. Any ideas for a title? I was thinking of calling it Sherlock. What do you think? I've got a feeling that's already been done. Damn! I spent hours thinking of that. Well, what about Farewell My Putney? Or or maybe Fear and Loathing in South Ealing. Mm. Anyway, come on, budge up. You're taking up most of the bed. Do you always sleep in your dressing gown and slippers? Not usually. I'm only sleeping here because you managed to flood my room with an overfilled hot water bottle. I know, and I apologised. I didn't realise they burst so easily. Not sure why you still got them on, though. Because every time I start to undress, you whistle the stripper. I've got my jeans on under this lot as well. I switched the heater on for you. I noticed. 
And I also noticed you only switched on one bar and kept it on your side of the bed, oh philanthropic hero. Get on and do your crossword. All right. Only got three clues left. Fifteen down. In the something the lion sleeps tonight. Six. Hmm. Easy. No, no, that's only four letters. It's the song, you know, in the mm-hmm, the mighty mm-hmm, the lion sleeps tonight. Ah, right. C-I-R-C-U-S. Cheers. I would never have got that without you. Now, 17 across, 37th President of the United States, Richard something, five... Ah, come on. Michael Sheen was in a film about one of the most famous interviews he ever gave. No, Sheen doesn't fit. Not Sheen. You must know. Watergate. Big interview with David Frost. I'll just put Smith. That'll fit with the other clues. There. Now, if I just shade in these two squares... Finished. Very satisfying. Maybe I'll write a scathing sketch about the sorry state of education these days. Good idea. And make sure you get something in about the number of times it's right to use a tea bag. I told you they were running out. Yeah, but you didn't have to get it out of the bin, did you? I'd have had something else. I'm not writing about that. <sighs> Got it. You can call the detective thing Morden on the Orient Express. Go to sleep. <laughs> Finish. Turn it off, Annie. <laughs> <laughs>